Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Turn it up. This thing started. Look at all this new, new foam we've hung in here, man. Every day, every day you come in, there's something. Yeah. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the NBA show. Is that my best? Look at that code, DNVR365. Guys, we got a doozy for you today. We're looking forward. Doozy. We're looking backward. We're looking backward again. We're going to rewind, do some what ifs. We're going to look forward and say who's going to still be on the team. It's a shame we, might we don't even... have Harrison. Forward. Oh, maybe we will look forward. It's just in honor of Harrison, who will forward. be back next week, by the way. The squad, back to complete. Vacation season over. Over. <laughs> over. After tomorrow, vacation season over. Everybody get back to work. Uh, fellas, back to work. Um, but you got the two-man game going today. You got myself and, of course, drink and bring it up on camera, man. We can oh, give yeah, a little yeah. endorsement. The number one top Gatorade in all of the land. Sugar-free cucumber lemon. Lime cucumber. Lime, lime cucumber. Yeah, it is really good. I was a holdout on lime cucumber because it sounds terrible. No, it but doesn't. But it's really good. It's unbelievable. It's by far, far and away the top one. Like, there's, like, one S-tier Gatorade. It's that one. And it's sugar-free because the sugar one is, like, actually horrible. Yeah, it's a bit too much. Does there's a lot of sugar in this Red Bull I'm going to drink, too, though. You go sugar-free one hand, sugar the other. That's right, baby. That's How you right. doing today? I'm great. I, you guys know what I'm going to say. What are you going to say? I walked to work today. Oh, my God. <laughs> 80 degrees. 80 degrees. It's actually kind of cool. Beautiful walking weather. I did have to go hand dry my shirt. We have the air hair, air dryer. Oh, because you were a little sweaty? You don't it was have a, a backup much. one of those? No, I did have to go dry it out, but I feel good now. I feel like this is a good shirt. You know, it's not flowers, but it does fit in the Vote universe. Yeah, the quarter sleeve button down is kind of my, my, yeah. my vibe. You're looking dapper today. Thanks, man. Um, you look okay. Before we get into it, we'll do a little quick banter here before we, because we do have like some good topics we'll run through. But I was going to bring this up. I was DMing with Eric last night. Eric is away in an undisclosed location. <laughs> Kelly, you got to pull up that cold comment for me. Marby and Vote Nimer. You love that, don't you? It's really good. <laughs> you just made his day. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for that. Sorry. Uh, well, speaking of. Barbenheimer or whatever. So because this is the, I, I told you the other day, watching Oppenheimer has made me want to watch more shows and t- and movies and stuff. Like, he, and I was telling Eric this because I'm watching The Bear now. I'm through season one, and I like. I think everybody loves it. I like it. I like it a lot. I think I even connect with it a lot. But I actually there are things of it that I'm kind of like this isn't as great as people say, but I enjoy it nonetheless. But here's the thing I was thinking about. You've watched it, yeah? Mm-hmm. It reminds me a lot of DNVR. <laughs> Please continue. You, not in any way. I. I mean, I think I know where you're going with it. What, but I. How, what is it? Well, the. I'm only uh, through one season, so don't spoil. There's the 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 garage band era kind yeah, of thing, yes, right? Exactly. Of like a ragtag yeah. crew coming exactly. together, and you and you're finding the common, not ground, but the goal. Right, and that's that's actually what brings you together and brings you closer. And you know, it really is the formation of order through chaos. Right, I mean, like it's this like we don't know what it is, and every day it just feels like there's days that just feel like manic energy and like uh, frustration or whatever, and just all this stuff. And then there's moments where it's just like, oh my god, we're all vibing right now. Like everything is vibing, and look at this. So there are all of those things, and and it is a good show. It's like well acted. I will say the main actor, what's his name? Jeremy Allen White. Is that right? has three names. Yeah. Um, I can't tell if he's a good actor or if he just looks really stressed. Isn't that half the job? Yes. Yeah. And he's a very distinct looking person. He has, too, yeah, he's very distinct looking. Which but is the other half. eyes and he always looks like tired, but I think he just has big eyes. So it works. <laughs> Have you seen Shameless? No. Same character. Really? I mean, so, a little different, so the but it's the, same, it's the same acting job for sure. But the reason I bring this up, I mean, I think some people are interested in just sort of the behind the scenes. Uh, have you been watching it, Kill? Yeah, I love the bear. 
You love the bear. Are you one? You get you get hop on and, and fill in. Do you feel similarities between DNA now and that the bear? you bring it up, especially season one, like yeah. very much like that whole like startup, like you know, like coming together for the greater goal type thing. I, right. I feel that for sure. And our equipment was shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the big one. That's a good one. That's how was that? There, there's a lot of. I mean, there's some stuff in. I'm not. I don't think I'm spoiling anything. There's one where like the kitchen goes out, like the gas goes out or something, and they build a fire outside. And I'm kind of like this is so over the top. Top, that's man. pretty DMVR it's though. So, it's over actually, but it is. That's actually it's really totally, DMVR. It actually, it actually is. There's been a lot of those. Like we're the going Mevo live with somebody's phone. The, and yeah, like, the Mevo. <laughs> <laughs> We got to do it, guys. The show goes on. Um, so there's a lot of that, but you know, I've always thought, and there's, this almost sounds like hubris. I don't want, but from I, you, yeah, nine couldn't be. But there's even parallels between watching the Denver Nuggets and watching DMVR. <clears throat> like you, when any time you have. Something that is a team effort that's like a bunch of people with a shared common goal, but different sort of opinions and everything. Sure. There's all these parallels. And so, like, I'm watching the bear, I'm watching the nuggets, and obviously, I'm watching us. And I do like it, almost brings me a little joy sometimes seeing it, even in the chaos. Like, you watch some of that, and you're like, they're just angry all the time. Like, it's my wife's watching it, and she's just stressed. She's yeah. like, man, this is negative. And I'm kind of like, <laughs> what's actually, well, this is a season two line, but I'll just, I won't even do the context because I don't want to do spoiler alerts, but. Someone says, you know, you love this. Uh, this stuff is fun for you. And he says, no, it isn't. And he says, but you love it. And he goes, that's not the same thing as fun. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I will say DNVR is very fun, but there are yeah. elements of just you are you're like, you know, you're in the fire together, you know, and then you well, see see what what comes out of it, what survives. TV shows can't just show you a good like month. You know what I mean? Like with third right, one episode, right, where it's right, just right. like, "Hey, you know what? We haven't had any conflict. Number, in a while. Numbers are great. <laughs> numbers are great. Thought Food's your article good. was really good. Equipment's working fine. Yeah, like, it's not a show. Um, so of course it's going to skew a little bit more negative. But I, I don't know. I just liked it, and it kind of gave me energy. It's one of those things where you have to. Um, everyone's miserable, vote. Yeah, that's important to remember. It's very important. to Life remember. is like always just a little unsatisfying in ways you don't expect. Yeah, and very satisfying in ways you don't expect as well. That's true. I do know a lot of service food yeah. service friends who cannot watch that show because it hits too close to home. Really, the, the stress of it. Yeah, I think working in a kitchen is horrible. I think it's that kind of you. It's about loving it, not having fun doing it. Does that make sense? You know, I think there's. I mean, I just love the idea of how obsessive they are over these little meals or something. And they, I think the guy who most in DNVR fits on that show is probably D Line. Yes, because there's with D Line a lot of like crafting them. You know, why I can't be a cook. I start cooking and I start eating, and by the time the food's done, I'm full. Did you do this? I've watched you do it because you've made me tacos <laughs> yeah, in the past. I'm so full yeah. by the time they're ready. So I'm like salsa. Mm -hmm. I got the guac going. It's, it's good. Um, but D-Line, I mean, he's constantly like, he'll make something and then it's off. And it's almost like, dude, you just spent two days on that. And then it's out of his it's mind. His and he's like, like, dude, that's out. I, he doesn't even care if it's good or, yeah. you know, what's funny too, is I always think of, I think of myself, like I love food. I love going out to eat, but I don't have a great range of taste. I can't smell. Have we talked about that? Nope. Yes. You you know I can't smell. I have like a really, you can't really, smell anything? I have a very poor... It's so bad that if I smell something, I like jot, Bro, jot that down. I also have a really bad yeah. sense of smell. I have an unbelievable sense of smell. That's unsurprising. Unbelievable sense of smell. And I mean, I, look at look at that schnoz. <laughs> that's, a mess, that's messed up. You know what? Mute your mic for a little bit, Kill. Uh, I lost my sense of smell in uh, in COVID, and yeah. I remember it being like kind of torturous. Yeah, and I lost my taste too. But the point being, like, I eat like a dog that you haven't fed in too long. Yeah. I just kind of close really my eyes and yeah. I just destroy it. And I always think about like there's there was a chef who pained over the details of this sandwich that I ate in nine seconds. <laughs> and all jokes aside, I do think about that sometimes. You know, when we do this stuff, like there are the me's of sports fans yeah. who are just like, yeah, I don't know. You, I'm sure you planned a good show. I threw this thing on in the background while I fold my clothes and I thought it was good. I think I've let it slip before that I'm good friends with Spike Eskin. I know it's like enemy of Denver, yeah, but I, like, I love the guy. I talk to him all the time. I find him to be like incredibly interesting and smart and clever and all these different things. And he's Trolls Nuggets fans, but like because I know him, it like has no effect on me. But he had a point one time he told me that he hates when people listen to his podcast on anything other than regular speed. And to me, it was such a chef moment, right? Right. Like, no, 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 no. You take a bite, 
then you have the wine. Like, right. And you're like, no, dude, I'm just hungry. I'm just doing it. Like for him, he's like, I put work into the speed of delivery, the rhythm of delivery, yes. all these things. And if you're listening to it just for the content of it, you're missing the artistry of it. And I think everybody accesses podcasts differently or, or whatever. Most people, I would say, probably want the content. They want the idea fed to them as quickly and as like mainlined right. as possible. This is why people sometimes don't like articles. They like bullet points. Yeah, sure. Do you know that websites that do that? They'll write the article, but first they'll give the bullet point. I've read just the bullet points yeah. before. Like, yeah, all right, I yeah. Get it. filed away. Um, but I love this idea of like if you're listening to my podcast on one and a half speed and you send it to me, I block you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very spike take. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, this goes back to, I think, kind of one theme I've sort of noticed here in this conversation. And I've it's not revelatory. I've long believed it. But with a lot of passion projects, like if you were to ask me, how do I know if I, if I can be a writer or something? I would say you can't. It's not about publishing. It's not about the retweets. It's not about getting 100 likes. Yeah. Like that stuff... You pained over the details and someone skimmed it, you know, um, but the you have to love the process. You yeah, have to love that so you true. were up at 2.30 and you couldn't figure the sentence out. And that's how you know D-Line's a true artist, in my opinion, yeah. among other reasons, because also his work is good. But like you said, he puts something out and it's he's it's like uh, Killian Murphy talking about a film. He's like, yeah, I was in that. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But now he's on to the next project. I mean, every artist is different. There are there are actors that once the movie's over, like, yeah, I actually never saw it. Or I saw it once, and then I never saw it again. And then there's other people that will watch there. I remember um, Malcolm Gladwell did a podcast about this one time where he was comparing Bob Dylan's style of, like, manic writing, where he just would work on a song, and then once it was done, he moved to the next song, and it was very much that way. And then comparing him to Leonard Cohn, who'd spend, like, eight years writing right. one song, just right. to, like, he's like, no, it's not perfect. So I think it's just different for everybody. But I will say, I am enjoying the bear for all of those reasons. And I do think, the. I mean, I'm 39. I'm the, I am, this might be my midlife crisis year, Vote. I turned 40 during the season this year. Right now in segment one? No, well, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe. I wasn't prepared. That's not on the rundown. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, you know, any rounded number, you know this, like 30, 40. Yeah, I just 50, turned 30 like, like three months ago. It was yeah, terrible. It was terrifying terrible. and all these things. You start to analyze this or that. But... I do will say one thing from being 30 to being 40 that I've learned is you have this idea of what success or just like comfort is. Mm. And, you know, and it's like whenever you talk to really dogmatic people about heaven or something, it's like in the clouds and there is no problems and you're just happy every day. And you're like, that doesn't seem very realistic <laughs> or like, sure, is that even what is that? What is that like? You know? I think that's why things like the bear or something is because you're right. There are these moments when you're watching them that are like, guys, these guys look miserable. But then you're like, oh, no, but that's their passion. And the misery is sort of like feeding the soul in some ways. It's and I like think they, that why they get up in the morning, why they get up and, and everything else. All right. We went a little bit longer on this. I, let's set the table for what is going to be the Nuggets talk here. The question is, who will be on the roster in three years? I'm counting three years as in this point, August 3rd. 2026. So we have full three full seasons to play. This will be going into year four. Okay. Okay. And let me just give you the two. I actually think there are only two locks. And I think they actually are both locks. But I think Jokic, who will still be under contract and entering the final year of his current deal, probably he'll be eligible for an extension at that point when the extension is going to be. I saw somebody put it on Twitter. At the current rate, his extension would start start at 70 million a year we might want to relax on the early retirement talk dude i told you i'm already out i had a podcast with voy you can go listen to it on lockdown. 700 I think, million i think he's staying for a while would you give jalen brown that much money <laughs> shut up <laughs> so i think Jokic is a lock whether that's the i hope it's not the last dance and the yoke's like you know what i don't want a new contract this is my last year and then what a mix of emotions that would be but i think either it's that i don't think he demands a trade i don't think the nuggets trade him i don't think any of that or he signs an extension and this is just year, you know, year 10. Yes. And it's just like another year or whatever. I also think Jamal Murray will is a lock to be on the roster. He is eligible for an extension to which he has not yet signed. He could sign it next summer. And if he does, he will still be under contract for the Nuggets with two seasons remaining. And that means Denver, you know, last season, maybe then he's 31 and he's like, you know what? I always wanted to play in Toronto. I've done a lot here and moves on. But I don't think that happens until after at the earliest. If, if it happens, it doesn't happen until after his next contract. Right. And I don't see a world in which the Nuggets look at Jamal as expendable or tradable. 
not now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right, right. that's that. No, but all jokes aside, that's what they won that title together. You keep these two together unless one of them decides otherwise, I think. There you go. So those two guys, I don't know if there's any other locks, including Michael Malone and Calvin Booth. But I think those two guys, to me, are probably right. Lock. So in the other, you, you agree. So on the other side, let's go through the rest of the roster. I throw out all the vets like DeAndre Jordan, and you know, like I don't even count those guys. But we're going to go through everybody else on the roster and say how likely are they to be on the roster going into 2026 season. All right. That was an ad break. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm so dialed into the segment. Man, Sorry. you are so dialed in. Yeah, do, you know, was... do you know why I'm so dialed in? It's because of how I started my morning. You guys know about the walk, but before the walk was AG1. AG1 no baby. way, really? AG1, yeah. Wow. I love to start my morning that way, and I know that I don't have to keep track of the various vitamins I might be recommended to take throughout the day. I just have one one supplement here. I take one scoop of AG1, 12 ounces of cold water, and I am ready to start the day if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine. And again, routine is the key word, convenience, being able to repeat this, replicate this habit. That's why I love just one scoop and you're good to go with AG1. Try AG1, get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash insert show code slash nuggets. That's drinkag.com slash nuggets. Check it out. San Diego? Wow. Question mark? <laughs> Sorry, guys. You guys you guys know how it is. It's uh, It's been a long week. Better help. Let's. Uh, therapy it's be your short week. be it's your map with better help. Week. I haven't done much work. <laughs> Let therapy week. be your help with your map with better help. Better help is pairing you with licensed therapists. You just gotta check out the website, fill out a questionnaire, and get working with a professional. Talk therapy is important. Make taking care of your mental health is essential. Don't don't miss out on the talk therapy portion of that. I've benefited from therapy in the past. Sometimes the hardest part is finding a therapist, finding time in your schedule. Again, BetterHelp can build that convenience for you. Um, this can be done from your home, suitable, suited to your schedule, flexible. That's the whole idea. Uh, so check out, oh man. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash DNVR today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash DNVR. And we're back. Uh, Conga Hydra says, just hit live. You didn't miss anything. So if you're wondering how that first segment is going with our audience, <laughs> just hit live. You didn't miss anything. I don't, I don't know if Conga one. likes much of what we do, but it's nice to see you. Yeah, there you, you go. Know. Um, Carol, give us some love. She's let's always, go, she's Carol. Um, all right. So let's go to the next obvious guy. Michael Porter Jr. will be under contract, but entering the final year of his deal. In your heart of hearts, mm. what feels more likely? That he is going to be on the Nuggets roster, not just for the next three seasons, but heading into the fourth? Or that maybe Michael's... I would think that, well, first of all, this is where the harsh realities of you, the ownership level of this start to kick in, right? Like, you're paying a lot of money at this point. Yeah. And it's not just about, it's not just about, like, your cap sheet. Like, now it's just money out of the Cronkies' pockets, right? Like, you, you're paying like a lot of guys a lot of money. So, when you look at Porter... He is probably the, I hate to use this word because that's not how I feel about him. I guess expendable is too harsh, but maybe that's just the word. Of of the three guys, he's the one that you look at and say, maybe he, you move him, maybe he might want to be moved at that point. And he has been an ultimate soldier, but looking this far down the line, has he done the third option thing enough times? Is he ready to try something else? And if he's healthy... In theory, there is a lot of trade value there at that point. So I think this is going this far down. I do think you prepare yourself for a split here between these two parties. How many teams have kept together their top three players for an entire prime? I think the Warriors did with Draymond, Clay, and Steph. But weirdly enough, they had KD as for part of that, which makes this a weird little right. hypothetical. But those three guys were their main guys, and they've had an entire prime together. Outside of that... I don't know if there's a team in the modern era that has had anything remotely close to that. We've had big twos that have stuck together for a little while. Um, but all three guys, it's just so incredibly rare, even if you have success. And then if you go historically, you have the Spurs, who had Parker, Ginobili, and Duncan. They they did. But even like the Lakers, 
I guess you had Odom, Kobe, and Powell, but that was trade. That was assembled late. That wasn't. They didn't grow up and then do a prime. They yeah. kind of got assembled, thrown into a prime. You go before that, and you have Kobe and Shaq. wasn't a trio. You go before that, and you had Pippen and Jordan in two completely different eras, completely different. The entire rosters. So I would just say, going off of this, either they're the Warriors, the Spurs. By the way, they're two closest comps. <laughs> So maybe they are, or literally no one else. If, unless I'm missing somebody, nobody else in the last 30 years has had all three guys do the entire stretch together. No, I, I I think you're right, and that's sort of what I'm getting at. And especially with Porter is a unique situation in that should he stay healthy and improve, this was a guy who was once considered easily a top two pick in his class, if not number one. So. If he's proved that stuff and he has the championship pedigree, you know, it's not like Manu who's like, does Manu really want to leave that situation right, right. at all? And Well, Parker and Ginobili and Duncan all felt like Spurs, right? They all felt like, well, of course they're in San Antonio. They all have San Antonio personality. Right, right. That's a great point. And so I think Porter has molded himself into whatever Denver's version of, of that piece needs to be. But over the years, is, it, is do his desires change? By the way, it would be totally understandable i think at that point especially if they win another one so i just think expendable i see in the in the chat oh yeah of all people vote yeah like we're trying to trade in pj dude just compared to jamal or Jokic, right so and i I do think you have to prepare yourself that far down the line for a potential split for sure man so the thing with him the thing that's interesting is we just talked about those guys being spurs guys spurs meaning small market not in the public eye nobody's asking them tons of questions and whatever Tony Parker was the least to fit that mold. Ginobili and Duncan both like, I mean, Duncan wanted to be a spree. He's like, thank God nobody's talking about me. Like Yoke in a lot of ways. Ginobili there. Tony Parker was always the one that probably could have gone somewhere else, but he ends up staying there having a great career. If you go the other direction, the Warriors made the Bay cool. Like, Golden State is now a glam market. Wouldn't you say? But it wasn't ten years ago. The laughing stock team. I mean, the market's yeah, different. The market was market always is different. Like had pot- sure. It was untapped potential. Sure, sure. But um, so that works. Denver, I would say, is in between those two, but certainly closer to San Antonio. Denver's not going to be a glam market in like five years. It's not going to turn into the Bay. I agree with that. So, I, so I do wonder. So then you sit there and, and think about, you know, does Jamal? I don't think Yoke will look anywhere else. Does Jamal ever look anywhere else? And then Porter, I just I don't know. I do think at that. If you told me two years from now, I'd say no question, but three years going into the last year of the contract, I already think his his career will be a little bit short. I wouldn't be surprised if he said, hey, let me and Trey go play together. Right. And Denver was like, okay, we're ready to move on because whatever reason. Um, after that, Aaron Gordon. Here's the thing. Oof. He has two years plus a player option remaining, so he will be out of his contract by this point unless he signs an extension before that. It will be his age 31 season. I thought he was older than this. When I went through the math, he'll only be 31 that year. I don't know that he'll be meaningfully worse than he is now. Mm. I do think he's probably at his peak right now and can sustain that for two or three years. But that season is probably where you expect maybe just a little bit less from him. Will he be on the roster? I'm going to say yes. Really? I think over those years, you'll see AG continue to shapeshift and evolve into a guy who can still feast in the dunker spot without having to jump 45 inches, you know, vertically. Um, A guy who can, the tertiary playmaking ability, you know, maybe even levels up a bit. A guy who's been in playoff runs and is just a smarter player than ever before. I do think this is right on the line of when you start to really see diminishing returns on paying AG because of the athletic stuff. Well, the thing is, his contract is perfect because that season at 31, you're probably giving him three or four-year extension, which means you're paying him both for 31, 32, which should be very high level, but right, also right. 34. That's the thing. Which is like, That's <laughs> the part. But listen, if you're winning together, you just, yeah, you just do it. You just do it, right? I mean, and Draymond is 33 and played at a high level still. So right. like, can, can AG... I do like your he'll mold into another player. All right, who's more likely to be on the roster, AG or MPJ? Honestly, AG. I think you're right. I think you're right. Even though his contract is up, I just could see. I think both of them have a really good chance of still being. I do think Denver has a really good chance of just being like, nah, this is our team. And this we're works gonna, for us. Yeah. And we're going to roll. But I do think Aaron Gordon. The one thing I'll say is at that year, it really is the tough part where I have. A, I imagine he'll be 
it'll be a contract that kind of hurts. Right. You know, it's like, man, we're going to maybe right. regret this at the end of it, but we'll see. Well, that's, I mean, dynasty, like the end of a dynasty is not usually a clean thing, right? If your top four players dynasty. play for you for this long, that would be unbelievable. That in and of itself would be like, man, this era must have kicked ass. It must have been unbelievable. Exactly. Next one, KCP. He'll be his age 33 season, and he has just a one plus one remaining on his contract. So he will have not just been out of his contract. He'll be a full year removed. So this is really a question of, do you think the Nuggets are going to give KCP another contract next summer? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say in an amicable way, he says, look, I think there are just teams that it would give me a little more. I can go get one more contract. Great work together. Forever a Nugget. Love you guys. You know, I'm going to go get one more bag. There's also a player behind him in Christian Brown yep. that we feel maybe surpasses him or equals him by the end of this contract, the one plus one. Now, let's say he – the interesting thing for Denver is if he does opt out of that contract, they have him this year and then maybe nothing the following year. Mm -hmm. Like, you might just lose him, which would be kind of catastrophic. If he if they do offer him some kind of extension or whatever, like, then you kind of – maybe there's a changing of the guards over the course of the next season – but either way, I'm with you. I do not think KCP is on the roster three years from now. That being said, Christian Brown, here's the only question with him. What will he command on the open market? Because I think we all look at him and say he can be a replacement for KCP, which would be the most ideal scenario. But there's also a chance that this is a dude that is just so good that he becomes a Drew Holiday-esque defender where I already have outlined that his um, defensive advanced metrics, not that they're catch-all by any means, but they were actually ahead of Drew Holiday's second season, him in his first season. So there is a chance that he is just one of the best defenders in the NBA, and we just keep counting him as a role player, where other teams are like, you know what? That's a max guy. Yeah, I'm torn on this one. Not really max, but a high, high, high guy. Yeah. I can see one of two outcomes where it's he just makes so much more sense to Denver with where they're at than he is objectively valuable on the market i could also see like you know caruso got paid you know i could i could i could like could, if you I think denver can pay caruso money because that's kcp money right right and i th i don't know if he would command more than that i don't think so either but there's a chance i but mean I, that's really the offensive upside question i would think because if he can provide some of that, then you're yeah. really investing, I think. Right. But teams, just the floor of what we think he's going to provide the next two, three years, that's there's a premium on that, right? And, and, and his rookie year, he did it in a playoff rotation. So you can take the, is he valuable in that context question off the table. Well, his extension, he would play two more seasons, and then Denver would make a decision. Right. Do you think at the end of two more seasons, he will be a better defender than KCP was this last year? Yes. More impactful? Yes. And w with great respect to KCP's impact, right. by the way. Yeah. A fan. I do. I think, yes. Man, that'd be pretty impressive. I do think Christian Brown is on the roster. So we think KCP, nope. The other four have a good chance. I think Christian Brown maybe even has a better chance in some ways than MPJ and Aaron Gordon. I think it's very possible, yeah. Some of that is price point. Yep. Peyton Watson, he will be due the extension. Same as Christian Brown. He'll be due the extension that summer. <laughs> this is a fun projection question because how the hell could you really have an opinion? I'll say this. I think I know what the opinions are of those whose opinions <laughs> matter more than me. You follow? Yeah. So I'm going to say, uh, let's say Peyton Watson's on the roster. Gets extended. We just talked about Christian Brown either not being good enough or being too good. The not good enough, like we didn't even entertain it because he already was good enough this last year. Peyton Watson has both in him. Like maybe he isn't good enough to be this or there's a good chance that if he is, the like the gap between not good enough and too good is so narrow. Sure. That like three sure. years from now, if he's just like something that Calvin Booth believes him to be, some team will pay him to be like, hey, we think you're about to be that guy, right? And, and you'll do this. So I think he's a little bit trickier. These are all tied together though. MPJ final year of a contract. You might look at that and say, hey. We keep winning with this guy. We're going to stick with him. Right. Or you might look at it and say, we think Peyton Watson is ready to kind of backfill that. I'm so like, those guys are almost tied together as MPJ's odds go up, Peyton's go down. Mm. But I'm going to go ahead and say I think Peyton Watson has a decent chance of being on the roster four year, three years from now. I'll say maybe like 40%. I agree with that. Here's a really interesting one. Zeke Naji. Up for extension if he wants to play. like these. It would be like this year that they would give him like a three-year deal or something. 
All right, it could happen because it could be such an affordable contract. We're underplaying how much this could end up working out perfectly for the Nuggets. Zeke has a good year, a very good year. Nuggets get him on a pretty decent deal. But you know what? These four years were just a rocky getting over the hump to where he cruises into being just a solid, reliable... Like eighth, ninth guy. Maybe sixth, maybe seventh. Oh, like oh, He becomes right. so good that, again, he's not a starter caliber player, but he's just like you locked him up for three years, and he's the best role player you could have possibly gotten for that price. I think it's a real possibility. I do, too. I also think there's a real possibility that he has a good first half of the season and is maybe traded. I don't know. I, I, he falls into this category for me of guys where how much does anyone outside of Denver really care or value? Not much at all. But, right. I mean, that doesn't mean that they're right or wrong. But I mean, that this, could work out. In, yeah. Zeke Naji is either going to hit with Denver or be a second draft candidate. This is what we always call it, second draft. Well, who kind of got... You know, nobody quite saw what he was, and all of a sudden he comes over and is good. Absolutely. Um, I will say I think that there's almost equal for me of Zeke Naji being – I think Zeke Naji to me in my head is 50% both ways, not just not in the league in three, four years, (laughs) or a really good backup role player. Sure. And and there's a chance that he hits that squishy middle where Denver gets him for the price of out of the league but <laughs> secures him as that. a player so i can say confidently that we have not seen enough to to rule Najee out as an NBA player. Like, he has shown stuff. And the, a lot of him not playing is injury-related, which might actually just be because he's I'm gonna, not I'm playing. I'm going to push back on this, though. Okay. I think the Zeke Najee injury stuff, I've been thinking about it. I think it's overblown. And here's why. Because it's not just... like In our mind, he got injured. That's yours over there, if you want. Yeah, that's all right. We got a, we got a little thing going on over there. Can I do there. that already? That one's over there, so you can just drink. You know what? We'll put it over there here. Do you want to just My finish goodness. mine? Nope. <laughs> Kale, do you want some? <laughs> he had um, Zeke Naji would get hurt and miss three weeks, get healthy again, but miss another three weeks just because he went in the rotation. And in our minds, he missed six weeks. Well, but and that's... in our minds, he only played 30, 40 games. But it's like he was available for more. He didn't play for various circumstances. My point is, I think in people's minds, they're certain he's going to get hurt this year. I'm just saying, I don't know that he's actually that injury Oh, I'm with you. I he's totally agree. He's just never agree. been in their lineup well enough to come back from injury and go right back in. I, I I really agree. I actually think you can call him a guy that just has never had a fair runway. That happens, by the way. There yeah. are plenty of guys whose careers don't work out because of those circumstances. But I don't think he's a guy where you can just say definitively, no, he's not a player. Because he's shown flashes, and he just hasn't had much chance. Blacko Chanchar has a one plus one. It's a team option. So he will be gone unless they extend him. Is he going to be on the roster still? Only one of these guys survives, right? Probably. I mean, you never know, but probably. I think there's a potential chance Vlaco just Denver Nugget legend. Oh, man, I would love it. The Udonis Haslam, the Nick Collison. I, I will say this. Somebody put this on Twitter the other day. In the last three seasons across international and Nuggets competition, he's shooting like 40% from three, 60% from two. I got like the numbers over it. They're all I small sample good. sizes year by year, place by place. But when you combine them together, they're great. I think he's good. I But is he good enough that he has to be on your roster? I don't know. But... A, a similar thing with Zeke. Does he just slot very nicely into the, you know, he's going to show up, work hard, not complain, play if you need him, and he doesn't cost that much. Um, and he just, they spray painted his face holding the trophy back home onto a wall. Yeah. Like, come on, Vlaco, this is good. This is working. Uh, and then you have the three rookies, Strother, Tyson, Pickett. We'll throw Colin in here. What the hell? I just think the odds of any of these guys, I, I think the most likely thing is that one of these guys correct. is on the roster and two are not. I strongly agree with that. You and ready? I don't really have a, a take right on now who it for is. who it is. I mean, it's just too hard, I think, at this sure. juncture to say. Sure. Hunter Tyson has looked the best so far, but that doesn't mean anything. So let's go through it. We think Jokic has a well over 50% chance to be on the roster. Jamal has a well over 50% chance to be on the roster. And I would go next. Christian Brown has a well over 50% chance of being on the roster. I think MPJ and Aaron Gordon are right around a 50% to still be on the roster. Again, this is heading into the fourth season from now, so through three seasons. We think KCP is almost certainly not on the roster. Peyton Watson has a less than 50% chance. Zeke Naji, less than 50% chance. Flacco, less than 50% chance. And we think one of the three rookies does. So we think there's roughly five players that have a better than 50% chance to still be on the roster. I feel like that's about right. It's almost even more optimistic, I think, than 
I think four is probably like if Vegas set a line, it would be four and a half, but more money on the under. Yeah, I mean, I think the what feels significant of it is that in our scenario, two of them are KCP and MPJ, which are significant right. pieces. But, right. But there's there's a reality to we're going to celebrate this title forever, but the NBA world keeps turning, right? And there's there's just a shelf life on any version of a core or extended core. And we've learned this over in this era already. Gary Harris just felt like an irreplaceable piece at a certain point in his arc. Then he felt like a replaceable piece. And then he was replaced. And that's just kind of the thing. Like right now, sure. an Aaron Gordon, a Michael Porter, these guys could feel like irreplaceable. But at a certain point, it just might happen. And you'll go, you know what? This is just a new team now. Strong and agree. it also works because guess what? You got yoke. It also happens faster than you think, man. The 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 yeah. core has dwindled more than than it feels, actually. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. Then on the other side, we'll spend the second half of the show doing some what ifs. You know what they say about the 2026-2027 season? You can't stare directly at it. It'll hurt your eyes. Get a pair of shady rays before you do. Look good, feel good, and feel confident that even if your new girlfriend doesn't like them as much as you did. You can just exchange them for a new pair. Or I, had, return them I didn't for know free I had a third. pair of Shady Rays that I got from Shady Rays. They sent them, you know, to me. I didn't even know I had them. They were apparently in my office. <laughs> that's, that's I got right. bass fishing, bass fishing glasses. And if and you know when I inevitably tell you you look stupid in them, if that hurts your ego, you can just exchange them for a new pair. There you go. Or return them for free within thirty days. What there's, a feature! There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. They have more than your back. They have your wallets back. How about this exclusive deal for our DNVR listeners? Shady Rays giving you guys 50% off, half off, two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Go to ShadyRays.com, use code DNVR, try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. The 2023 Rugby Town Sevens Tournament will take place at Infinity Park from Friday, August 25 through Sunday, August 27. 20 teams from all over the world will compete for a 10 grand grand prize u.s army u.s marines u.s navy u.s air force coast guard they're all competing tournament consists of 62 over the course of three days tickets are ten dollars per day and a twenty dollars weekend pass kids 12 and under are free visit americanraptors.com to learn more thriving rugby culture in colorado if you didn't know head over to infinity park find out for yourself all right, back here, DMVR Nuggets podcast. Um, let's get some what ifs. I have a list of them here, vote. They range from positive to negative what ifs. I'm going to start the first one. And this is basically 2020 and beyond. I didn't want to go back too far. I just want to go back to 2020. What if, this is a crazy one, the pandemic never happened? I would look healthier and happier. <laughs> I think the world would be significantly better place. Our, think, our friendship would be stronger. I think everybody, I think we don't realize how wild 2020 was for everyone involved. Yeah. We were like locked in our houses. But I, this is a Nugget show. Here okay. it is. The Nuggets were 43 and 22 when everything stopped. They had, that's a 66% win percentage, which is a 54 win pace. They trailed the Clippers. At number two by one game, and the Lakers, they trailed by six games in the win column to the Lakers. The Lakers were comfortably number one. In the East was the Bucks, who were a very good team. And then the Raptors were number two without Kawhi Leonard. That like they were a not great number two. But you had the Clippers and the Lakers ahead of them. So pandemic never happens. Season plays out as is. What do you think happens? Well, first of all, I do think they catch the Clippers. Okay. Just whether in the regular season or playoffs, you still think they beat them? Oh, no, no, no. I just meant in the regular season. Oh, okay. Like, I do think the seeding would change. I think with any extended runway in regular season, you take Denver over the Clippers. So if it was that close. I have thought about this question an awful lot. And I think that they might still beat that Clippers team. You think they still just go to the conference finals? I don't know if they do consecutive 3-1 comebacks. I think well, that might only be George possible. Carl, George Carl's thing about the bubble, and that's where you get him, he's always like, you think you'd go on the road and win down 3-1? I'm like, no, but I think you also wouldn't fall down 3-1. That's you'd my, be at home for some of those. I think the whole series would be different. Um, and I just we have the benefit of hindsight, too, of just watching the way time has played out for those two teams since. And I just think Denver was better then and is better now. Here's but, what I will say. I don't know if the Nuggets win that year. But I don't think the Lakers do either. Like, mm. I don't know if it's the Nuggets that replace them. It might actually end up being the Clippers. Maybe the pandemic came and just flipped everything for the Clippers that year. But 
Denver that year, I just remember being a little disappointing from what my expectation was. My expectation, remember they'd gone to game seven the year before and almost made it to the conference finals. I'm like, here we are in the up and up. I remember that whole year just kind of being a little bit of a like, not quite hitting it, not quite getting there. Now we know they're a playoff team. They had Jeremy Grant. They didn't have Aaron Gordon. Still Paul Millsap. Um, they were good. I just I don't know if I could sit here and say I think they would have won the title. I don't think no they would. Pandemic. I don't think they would have won the title. They benefited sneaky from the pandemic. Murray came back in phenomenal shape. Jokic came back in it's phenomenal actually a great, shape. The Murray point might be the most salient. But even Yoke came back in great shape. Michael Porter came back looking all spry and healthy. True. Like it, they benefited a little bit. Nobody wants to say it. All right, next one. What if they lost in five to the Utah Jazz? Oh, buddy. Now, think about this. They win game one. Murray has 46, I think. Donovan Mitchell has 55 or something. Maybe just 50. Um, They then lose three straight, and games two and three were horrendous. Game four was a narrow loss, but game five, whether it was horrendous or a narrow loss, they would have gone down with two games where Jokic in particular played horribly to Rudy Gobert. Well, first of all, we would have to cut Matt Moore off. Just all contact. Oh, my God. All contact. That's so true. I would not have survived that friendship. There's no way. You know what's crazy? How how realistic is it that at least the conversation is, well, Jamal looked really good in that series. Jokic. I mean, oh, you're right. Because he you know did have I mean? the 40-piece. Jokic had terrible two and three. The game three is real bad. Yeah, the game three especially. Was... I think Michael Porter Jr. is out of here. <laughs> um, oh, for sure. Because they, 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 they couldn't benched play him. him. Yeah, yeah. They benched him. So Malone gets fired. I think that's actually maybe very... Well, hold up. So oh, as I okay. wonder about this. I, right. I have in here who gets fired or traded or whatever. Now, here's one thing that's important to remember. This was in the bubble. And I do think there's a world where you look at it and go, the year before they go to Game 7 of the Conference Finals, this year was in a bubble. There was a pandemic. They lose to Utah. I mean, Donovan Mitchell had 50 points. Like, I don't. How do we run it back? Like, I do think there's a world where nobody actually gets fired. In fact, I think it's more likely. Okay. You disagree? I think there's a chance there's one significant change. Probably Porter, possibly Malone. It wouldn't be Jamal at that point. <sighs> Who do they hire in 2020? Who is the hot, hot name? Udoka, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the whole thing's different. The whole, the whole thing. I really do think the entire timeline would be different. That's that's that is our sliding doors moment, like no other. I think. I think the Jokic piece of this is so big, and I will say, I think if you think about the bubble two three one comebacks, that is part of what makes Murray and Jokic what makes us believe in them. They play their best. Yoke in elimination games is unbelievable, right? Yep. Like his numbers are un- unbelievable. And part of why that's cool is he's played in a lot of elimination games. Sure like, has. More than anyone who's played as few series, he's played in so many elimination games. So that's part of it. And that's part of why we believe in him. Whereas if you just erase that and say, well, no, they actually just lose. I know. Then it's like. But listen. The- also, Utah. Maybe Utah's good. I think there's a psychological loss teams face that breaks them and it's like you're not recovering from this it's just you might not really you know it's like a wound that gets infected it's like you don't know you're dead but you're actually it's a mortal wound you have there what 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 if utah won the bubble title (laughs) not off the table (laughs) they were good donovan mitchell was going off they were they were no i this it, it sincerely would would change the entire thing i wonder if yoke's trajectory would be the same how much it would inspire him to go on this mvp run or maybe like his teammates and even people like us don't look at him the same until he comes back and proves it i was just going to say prior to the title as much as we all believed and the title happened so we were right that the nuggets were this team we really were just hanging our hat on those two comebacks right you know yep the rest of it was You're well right. they were young they were still learning game sevens, right but it was just the 3-1 comebacks and so that You're was so right that's why oh, it, this is the worst sliding doors possible dude, it went the best way it could have and also has led to the best because of it looking at that fraud city shirt like oh man. Uh, what do i do with oh, this no. yeah. oh my god i think you're so right i, I there is, I said, I don't know if they fire Malone, but there's also a chance they fire Malone and Tim Conley. And it's a completely cultural shift. Sure. And you know how it is when a team loses like that, if you bring in a new coach, the new coach doesn't come in thinking, we have something here. The new coach comes in going, what you did didn't work. Right. Let me show you how it's done now. I think it's the worst sliding doors you could possibly have. All right. What if 
Denver beats the Lakers in 2022 or 2020. What if Denver beats the Lakers? Now, here's the thing. KCP has said that he thinks if that shot doesn't go in, the Nuggets win the series. I am more 40-60 on that. Me too. I think Denver wins that game. Jokic scored the last 11 points of the game. He was dominant. They win game three. Maybe Denver's up 2-1. LeBron does have a gear that, I mean, he just he's hard to kill. And we even saw it this year, two years older. I don't know if they win that one. But if we said they did, if they win that series, what happens in the finals and what happens after it? Well, first of all, they win the finals. They win the finals. They win the finals. Miami Heat won that one. Or they went to the, the finals. Yeah. Do you know who their roster third most minutes was? I put it on the sheet. Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson played the third most minutes. That team we kind of remember as being scrappy and plucky or whatever, it was actually the youngest version of this Heat team. Right. I agree with you. I think Denver smacks them. Bam out of bio at that time. Come on, man. Smacks them. I've never had to sneeze on a podcast before. This is terrible. It's like five years we've been doing this. I'm stuck on a sneeze. Is there a question you want me to answer? Well, I'm just saying what happened. So you think they win the title in 2020. Now, here's the thing. The Lakers won that title. It was LeBron, ESPN, Disney, all of these things. I think rightly so. You should not discount that title. It was a title, albeit it was the least satisfying title, I would say. But it was still fair. It was a title. But if the Nuggets won it, I think everyone would discount that title. I don't think there's a person alive that would have been like, oh, this title counts. This is a 100% stone-cold lock. <laughs> stone-cold lock. Not only that, the bubble is a talking point more. Oh, Just yeah. like the most fraudulent basketball you've ever seen. Right. So that, that part hits. But Can, what happens? Did the Nuggets get a post-title bump from that? Is it like, hey? See, here's the thing. We know that the Nuggets were actually on a trajectory where they were just going to keep getting... But would they have been it. on it? Oh, wait. Well, Jeremy Grant's still on the team. Does he resign? That's probably not. I bet you hit plays out the exact same way. Yeah, well, is he going to ask for the same amount of money, too, that he just asked for Portland? Um, yeah, no, it probably does. He leaves, but I don't know what forced them to arrive on Aaron Gordon, right, is ultimately the most important thing. And I just don't know if that still happens if they win that Man, title. That's a great take. They would still have one, so it would be dope. But this one does feel a little better, to be honest. So, oh, I don't think they beat... I don't think they uh, beat the Lakers, though. If that if that shot goes, I think the sneaky thing is that Jamal was running out of steam at that point. Maybe comp- it just wasn't the same as the peak of the Utah and Clippers well, thing. You're right, but it was also better defenses. I mean, he was going up against KCP. Here's my thing: I, as much as I think you're right, I don't think he was running out of steam. Oh, okay. I don't think he was running out of steam. I think the texture of that series was just a little different, but it wouldn't have been if they would have won games two and three. I just think we might have got a rejuvenated Jamal right. Murray that was like, oh, my gosh, we're at the doorstep of winning a title. And we just know how Jamal gets. Like, the closer you get, the more it's like he just becomes totally. this monster. Totally. And and even though he is underrated as a cerebral player, he gets into a score-score zone in which you can tell it's like the less thinking, the better. You yeah. know? And I think there was a part in that Lakers series, there were parts of that series where he absolutely would have just pulled up against the Jazz or the Clippers, and he was overthinking it a bit. And maybe to your point, if they get rolling earlier, that stuff turns more into an avalanche. Well, here's the other thing. What did Bruce Brown tell us about that Lakers series this year? He didn't realize everybody was so serious. Mm. I don't really know why. Oh, that's I don't right. really know why. Yeah. I think I know why it was this series. I don't know that Denver was ready for this one in the same way. They might have lucked up and won it. I just think that LeBron and AD, especially AD in the bubble where he had nobody yet booing him, so he was very confident. His confidence wasn't <laughs> rattled. I think that he was really good. And then obviously LeBron was still, 2020 LeBron was still like probably at, could be the best player at any given game, any given series. And I don't know if Denver was up for that challenge. And I think it was part of like what has been driving them since the injuries got in their way. But to me, it was like a necessary leveling up for the Nuggets. I think it's an important part of their story yeah. i really do they, they someone in the chat here uh bobby says i just don't think the team was ready and i i agree with that not only the personnel changes that happened but i think even murray and Jokic, there was a level of poise to them this year that just wasn't you missed his best line i wouldn't rewrite any of it this is the thing about the nuggets that i keep yeah. that we keep yeah, coming yeah, yeah, back yeah. to all yep. summer we collected so many dubs 
it's unbelievable. And this story really does feel like we're living in a benevolent simulation where they're like, you know what I'm going to do? Make Nuggets fans happy. I'm going to make the perfect arc for them. So I'm with you. As much as it sucked to lose to the Lakers in the bubble when I was stuck in my house and couldn't leave it, it's paid off in this incredible arc with sweeping the Lakers and then winning the first title. All right, on the other side, what if Jeremy Grant decided to come back? How much would that screw things up? What if Murray doesn't get hurt? That's the ultimate one. And a couple others. These are some timelines we don't have to really consider when we're not doing a podcast because we all know what happened. In truth, the Denver Nuggets won a title. And while they're getting back to work, you can continue celebrating. Might I humbly recommend a uh, a Mountain Beach from Breckenridge Brewery. It's one of the best summer beers. It's a sour, but it's not too much, not too strong, not too fruity in my opinion. But you can taste it, of course. There's there's a there's a good flavor there. It's a DNVR favorite, one of the first ones I think we all gravitated to. You can find that using the Breck Beer Locator. You can also just come to the DNVR bar in York and Colfax, ask us if we have any on tap or in can. The answer is probably yes. And then you give us money and we give you that beer. How does that sound? Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. They're our friends. Check out that mountain beach. It's delicious. And it's seasonal. All right, that's it. All righty, we're back. A couple more what-ifs for you. This first one, by the way, if you like these what-ifs, we're going to be doing this for the Denver Sports Podcast. I'm hosting tomorrow, 4 p.m. I'm going to be with Andre Simone. I think Megan Angley will find out. Uh, but we're going to be going through all Denver sports of the last five years. There's good ones even for Rockies. This is, the Rockies ones will make you even more infuriated because that's the one where you really realize that it didn't have to be this way. You know what I mean? So they have some good ones, but Broncos have some great ones. We have all kinds of good ones. Um, we'll be doing that. By the way, I also just want to give a shout to our uh, Broncos crew, DNVR Broncos, leveling up. Just added Todd Davis to the beat. Former awesome, Broncos man. Super Bowl winner. Great player. I was thinking it was going to be me, too. When yeah, I saw that graphic, you, but it's... You're like, is, you're like yeah. am I? You reached am out. I in? Am I on the Broncos show? Uh, like, no, vote. We got a Broncos player. But then I, the football helmet kind of threw me off. Todd Davis. Yeah, Todd Davis joining our Broncos beat coverage. Incredible dude. Super charismatic. Uh, obviously knowledgeable. Very excited for that. All right. What if Jeremy Grant re-signed in Denver? First of all, I don't know that he would have. Well, <laughs> even, no, he, even this he, one was not close. But yeah. I mean, what if he did? You know, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I don't know. What if? He... I don't know that they win this title, man. You don't know that they do. I don't think they do. I don't think they do either. Think about how crushing it was that Jeremy Grant left Denver. They paid a draft pick to get him. He played for one year and then left, and they got nothing for him. Think about how crushing it was. And we're sitting here saying, if anything else happened, they wouldn't have won a title. I. I know it's really it's really true, man. And then we're like talking ourselves into well, Jermichael Green's a strong pivot. Yeah, they got blindsided, you know. <laughs> no, what we what were not, they supposed to we do? We would not have talked about Jermichael Green being a strong. First pivot. of all, we did in real life. Jermichael so, Green, yeah, listen, strong pivot. They won. Woo! Uh, yeah, but I don't. There's I can't actually see Jeremy Grant having the defensive run that Aaron Gordon just had. I think people forget. And it may have been both parties, but Denver's inability to figure out how Jeremy Grant fits into that roster and rotation. I don't think there was ever synergy about what his role is or should be, you know? And there were like a couple games in the bubble where he put the ball on the floor and he hit some shots, maybe a precursor to that Pistons era. And people were like, yeah, we should have been giving him the ball. But that's not what Denver needed as we as we came to find out. They needed Aaron Gordon. And I just don't think Jeremy Grant's that player. Also, Jeff Green level rebounding or lack thereof. I don't think he's a winner. I don't think Jeremy Grant's a winner. This is the thing you clip now and he wins a title as the eighth best guy in like 2029. Well, not on Portland, so. Um, I just don't think he's a winner. Like I don't think he played winning basketball. He's really talented. He has all of the skill set and measurables to be like this elite basketball player. But I think, and this isn't in some ways even a knock on him. I've gone back on the and forth on the Jeremy Grant thing. Is it noble to want to push yourself to be the best version of yourself as an individual? There is a no, certain nobility to it. Yeah. Versus like, no, I'm just going to fit in and not grow my individual game. Like Aaron Gordon chose that. Right. Aaron Gordon could be a better post-up scorer and one-on-one and ball handler and this or that. But instead he chose to be the best role player on a title team and Jeremy Grant chose to be the best star on bad teams. Right. I I like the Gordon route better, but I can't tell what's more what's moral and what's just preference. Well, there's also this is where you start to 
people's life philosophies, right? It's not no longer just a sports take, right? Like there's Jeremy Grant has this unbelievable opportunity to be a featured player in the National Basketball Association and have an organization throw its attention and resources behind helping him become the best player he can be. This is a game he's played his entire life. So I definitely, I think it's much easier as a fan to say, well, the guy who wants the title, that's that's the guy we should talk about. But there's, I think in, in, in our lives, we all face moments where it's, hey, like I have a big challenge here. I could say yes to or no to, but how cool would it be if I step up to the plate and deliver? And that that thought to me is far from detestable. Right. It's just when juxtaposed directly with Aaron Gordon's path, it's really easy to say like, hey man. They went opposite directions. It, it could have been you maybe, right? Aaron Gordon was a star yeah. who like came down to being a role player. Jeremy Grant was a second round pick that ascended to being a star. Like they just kind of crossed each other's paths. Totally, man. I will say I got to collect a dub here. I hadn't even thought about it this till just now. I, a humble brag. I went on Zach Lowe's show, I remember like two years ago, and said I like Aaron Gordon more than Jeremy Grant as a player, but I definitely like him more as his fit with fit. Denver. And that was an incredibly controversial opinion. Right. Incredibly. People told me how dumb it was. You're just coping. Oh, have some more copium because he left or whatever. Undisputed. <laughs> Right? No, there's no doubt. That's a I, that's a great of all the ways we won. I didn't even think about that little one. I, right me neither. There too. I just I was walking yeah, around. You're just I saw a there. I was like, yeah, you're just a girl. That's right. I remember no, this it, one. It, it, it aged perfectly, man. And we kind of knew it before it happened because you could see it and hear it in AG from day one. Yeah. And that's why everyone got excited. All right, I got two more one. They're the big ones for you. What if Jamal Murray doesn't get hurt? Okay, this one I think the Nuggets could have won. It's it's a much bigger stretch because we didn't even get to see them really make a run. But again, I've said this so many times. It's one thing for us on this show because we're so close to it to just be like, listen, the Nuggets have something here. But in that week after the trade, it was every national analyst worth listening to was screaming from the mountaintop, the league is worried about Denver. Post-Aaron Gordon trade, these guys can win a title. I don't know if it would have been the same thing. You know, Barton, much better then, was not defensively what KCP is at all. They didn't have Bruce Brown. But I do think there's a chance that that team could have at least made a, a deep, deep run, if not threatened for the title. I'm with you on this one. Here's what's tough. They went 47-25 and 25 that year. Once again, they were a little underwhelming until they made the AG trade. Yeah. Then they were unbelievable. And then Murray immediately goes down. After Murray went down, they had a great, I think the second best record in the, despite that regular season, they still flourished to tie the Clippers for the third best record. They ended up winning and becoming the third seed where the Clippers became the fourth. And as a result, they matched up with the Phoenix Suns in the second round. If Murray doesn't get hurt, this is going to sound crazy. I think there's a chance they actually are the four seed, not the three seed. Mm -hmm. Because they played so well for whatever reason, Yoke, you give the ball to Yoke a little bit more, you're going to win regular season games, right? Like he's, I mean, he's that good. So I think there's a chance if we talk ourselves into that and they go down to the four seed, okay, they play the Mavericks, they probably win that one. And then they play the Utah Jazz the next year after the bubble. What a rivalry game that is. But you want to know something? I think Denver would win that because yeah. I just think Denver figured out Utah over the course Me of that too. series and never struggled with them ever again. So I think they win that one, and that sets up a conference finals matchup with the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns were very good that year. Very, 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 very good. good. And they were a tough matchup for Denver. They famously swept Denver in the second round. I look at that and I go, it, Murray in particular, but the Nuggets as a whole, every year to that point, which was two years, got so much better over the course of playoffs. Like You watch them, and it's like they're clearly growing up before our very eyes. Even now, you watch it, the Minnesota series, they looked good, not great. Phoenix series, they looked awesome. Lakers series, they looked unstoppable. unstoppable. And then they just destroyed the Miami Heat. I think if you get Nuggets Suns with a healthy Murray that year in the conference finals, not the second round, but the conference finals, then I think they beat them. If you match them up in the second round, I do think that, that one's like, man, that team has had a little bit of everything, including sure. players okay. to guard, guard Murray. Yeah, and I think someone in the chat there, Bobby, again, said it, at least seven games instead of four, whether it's win or lose. That's kind of where my head's at with it, whether it's second round or conference finals, that you're looking at a seven-gamer. And, and I always love the Bucks matchup in the finals. Me too. I also like, at that point, Denver has had so many game sevens, man. 
Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. And it's so important. Oh, There's, like Chris Paul in a game seven or yeah. Jamal and Yoke? Like, come on, man. Yeah, dude. Like, I actually... We've actually seen what happens to Phoenix in a game seven. They lose by 50 points. They actually probably should be league-wide the number one picks. Like, you're in a game seven. Who do you want on your team? Joe, the, the Phoenix Suns, uh, the, the Mikhail Bridges era, they really... And it's not his fault, because I love Bridges. It's just yeah, that that's the yeah. easiest way to describe this team. We could really say it maybe even the Chris Paul era. They were like a Mike Tyson's punch-out guy. You remember Mike Tyson's punch out on NES, whose tragic flaw was like, like he had a power punch that knocked you out if it hit. But if you hit him, he just goes down immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's how they were. Nobody hit him that yeah, whole year. Yeah, and it totally. was like, man, this totally. guy's unbelievable. The moment they got punched, it was like, well, yep, I'm a, pants I, fall down. Strong agree. So I actually think they could have they I also think they would have beaten the Bucks. I don't know. I, I do too. I just have always loved the Bucks I, I've never feared the Bucks from yeah, the Denver perspective. Never feared the deer. And then if you go to this following year, obviously you get that Warriors title. The Suns were even better that year, so I think the Suns as, a, as an opponent would have been tougher. But I'll, I'll just say this. If Murray doesn't get hurt, I think the Nuggets win one of the two of those two. That's the way to frame it, and it's a strong agree for me, man. I've heard a take from... Zach Lowe gave us both. Don't forget that. <laughs> well, um, He didn't. He didn't. I will say that there, Ryan Rosillo has a very good take, as much as I don't love it. But he has a very good take that sometimes when teams are on the come up, if you don't get over the hump, even if it's not on the proper timeline, then it creates doubt in the organization yeah. and this or that. And I do think there's a chance where Denver just comes up short, loses in the conference finals one year, loses in the finals the next, and it actually doesn't propel Denver, but rather sows doubt in them in a way that... Like, the Nuggets were so hungry this year. Right, right, right. And so confident that they could get it done. And, and the reasons they fell short were so blatant that any right. reaction felt like an overreaction. Yeah. So you're right. That, that's a unique set of circumstances. And we're going a hair long here, but I just love this. This last one is actually my favorite, even more so than the Murray one. Okay. What happens if MPJ doesn't get hurt? Well, I am insufferable. That's well, the first. Let me just set the table here. When Murray got hurt, I was obviously bummed. And that whole summer, I was bummed. But the more you thought about it, the more you thought, okay, Murray will come back in one year, so we'll have a one-year hiatus. But now we get Michael Porter, who's had two years of progress in a row, uninterrupted, and you're about to make him the number two for 82 games. His chemistry with Jokic is going to be through the roof. His confidence, his development, because you're putting the ball, you're not just giving him regular reps, you're giving him double reps. It's like, hey, second guy reps. I just really believe to me that was the 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 in some ways the real tragedy of that season is I just wish I knew what happened to Murray or to Porter and Jokic with one season to focus on themselves. Strong agree. And one of the big takeaways from the exercise we did the other show on Tuesday, Porter's best 10 games, it goes back so much further than you think, right? So the tra the point is the trajectory he was on is a little different than it might feel right now or you might remember. Like the 37, 39-point games the Indiana game where like he destroyed him, those games in between where he barely dribbled, he would have been a 20-plus-per-game scorer if healthy last year. I, well, first of all, so we're talking, people are asking, are confused, does this mean ever? No, I just mean in the 2021 season. He missed that year. He played nine games, but he wasn't healthy. Vote. He averaged 19 points a game his second year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he would. He, he averaged more points that year than this last yes. one. Like he, nineteen is a lot of points. He shot forty four and a half percent on six and a half threes a game. If you just go from that and then build on it, man, I'm with you. There's a great point here too from Grace J. We we were picking up on it on the show. He was getting a little bit better. Like playmaking is too strong of a yeah. word, but you could see the give and goes with Yoke. The yeah. you you love his. He goes up for a jumper. And then it's a give and go from the air. Like he was figuring some things out and that stuff I just think would have been like him understanding the game offensively would have been a much smoother transition. However, however, I think there are two big questions. First of all, would the buy-in have been the same? Like one of the big problems with Bones is Bones got to step into a role and then had to step back. Yeah. Right. You're so, this is so good. So right? if Porter gets to be, an extremely effective second option without Murray. Now Murray comes back. Is the is the again, they don't have a pecking order per se, but they do. is the hierarchy as they neatly, have a pecking order. I know. What are you talking I, I, well about? that's I'm just using they their have, like, order. extremely clear pecking you know order. What? You know who says they don't you know whose quote I'm using too? Mike's. <laughs> they do have a pecking order. But you get what I mean, right? The hierarchy of it, like is it a is it a messier transition in that in that sense? I think a thousand percent it is. I mean honestly there were real conversations 
who's better, Murray or Porter, that we were having. Totally. And I actually think a lot of people were having, not just you know us panelists or whatever. But I think it was a little bit more of a question. And if he plays that whole year and the Nuggets just kind of have the same thing, they win 53 games, like you know the same level that Murray was prior to, to the injury, I think there is a little like, I don't know, maybe you should do a little more of this or that and in a way that's maybe detrimental. But I also think there is a world where that threads the needle. Mike is just a year better, more of long than Murray comes back and instead of 16 and 4 they go 16 and 2. Dude, I I was just going to say 16 and 2. Yeah, they I, don't lose the one to Miami and they don't lose the one to Minnesota. And, and the like, whole playoffs is like this is their third best player. <laughs> yeah. Like what the shit? That to me, man, I so wish we got that year with Mike. I just it, I I was looking forward to it. Like what does it look like with Mike as the second clear-cut second guy develop some two-man game? What's yeah, but the coolest like? thing you've done for me this week is convince me that that's what this next season is. Oh, is you know what I mean? I mean, I can't tell. We're going to ask this maybe next week when Harrison's back because I see Harrison in, in the DMs, you know, within sure. our group chat has been saying the year of Murray is upon us. Yeah. And I keep going, is it the year of Murray? Is it the year of Porter? Is it the year of someone else? I'm not sure. Mm. We'll have to have that conversation maybe when everybody gets back and we get the full panel. Either way, we went long today, guys. Off season and we're still going long. What do you guys know? A lot of fun talking, looking backwards, looking forwards today. Tomorrow, D-Line is back. Let's go. We might have to look and see what's going on online these days. <laughs> what a treat. We might have to. It's Friday, casual Friday. Maybe we'll snake draft something. Hit that like button for us on the way out. Share our pot on social, guys. Tell people you're still having fun in the offseason. We'll see you tomorrow.